looking for tomorrow to come in and be the best that I can be in training and to train as hard as I possibly can and then I'll move on to the next day and that's how I've looked at my career. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. It's quarter past eight this morning. You're very welcome along. If you've just joined us, we're turning our attention to football. I'm delighted to say Mark Lawrenson is with us. Mark, good morning to you. How are you getting on? I'm all good, thank you. You? Yeah, good, good. Um, that uh, Liverpool performance, <laughs> we hadn't seen any real signs of it up to this point. Um, and how, how important is it just that they got their season up and running effectively? Well, I think the most important thing is that, is that we win. That was the first thing. Um, I mean, Bournemouth were, were abject at best, but it'll obviously gives you a feel feel good factor throughout the throughout the club because of the way the results went, etc. But just just to win was the most important, and to get back into a, into that kind of pressing mould, which they haven't really done in in the first three games prior to it. How how as a, a group um, do you make sure that the energy and I guess what I'm wondering is, can you take that performance and use it as a springboard for the rest of the season? Like, because you know the game's over. No, you know? no. I'd, I'd say I said no to that because because you know it was it was only Bournemouth. Um, but it's just it's it. I think just the fact that they've won the game was, is the most important thing. And it's like anything, you know, in the, in the three previous games, they. They were sluggish, I think, in all three. I think it's probably one of the, the, the best ways to describe it. And I just, I just wonder. I was, I was at the um, Crystal Palace game, and they have, they haven't had that long of a, of a, an off season. And the way that Klopp trains in pre-season, uh, because of all this pressing, etc., is, is apparently it's, it's a nightmare for the players. It's really, really, really hard work. And I'm just wondering. Just wondering because they didn't have that much of a, of a layoff. Whether that's why they've got all these injuries, that, and these injuries aren't from tackles or anything like that. They're just strains. And I'm just wondering, maybe a little bit. I mean, I'm sure the sports science guys at the club will have something to say about it. But I'm just wondering whether they, they've done a little bit too much pre-season, if that's possible. In that instance, at least you would hope that some of those players will start to come back, and yeah. they've banked the work and the. They'll be able to get back to the level of performance and energy in a couple of weeks' time. So it, it's nothing terminal. It's just a, a, um, a periodization error. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It, it is, and it's just um, you know, it's just just the fact that they've, they've done a little bit too much, and obviously the body's trying to tell them to slow down a little bit. So. Um, obviously, introducing the introduction at the weekend of one or two of the younger players. Well, that that was all good. So hopefully now they do, you know they're up, they've got the foot on the gas and off they go. Like obviously there's a couple of days until the transfer market closes, and when they had their centre back crisis during the the lockdown season, they signed a, a couple of makeshift centre backs just to, to, as a, as a stopgap. Is the midfield uh, lack of depth at the moment due to injuries? Is, is would that require a same level of surgery over these next couple of days? Do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, I think it's possible. I think he's. I think Klopp said the other day that seriously being seriously looking and, and being active. Um, and of course, you get all sorts of names that all, all of a sudden come out from all sorts of different places. But I, I think they want to try and get another body in, most definitely. As to who, I, I've no idea. And, um, you know, t- the problem with Thiago is who's the best midfield player that they've got is that he, he, he does get lots of injuries. And without him, him in the team, 
they're just not the same force because you know you, you know you know my love for him. I just think he's brilliant, and he sees things in games that other players just do not see. So um, yeah, I think they're definitely trying actively to get someone in. As to who it is, I've no idea. Well, nobody's got an, an idea to be honest with you. It must be of a serious encouragement that without Thiago, they managed to create enough opportunities to score nine goals in a single game. Mm. Like, did you see better creativity from the, the midfield in particular, Mark, on on Saturday, or or do the the attackers get most of the credit? I, th- I think the attackers got mo- get most of the credit because in the first three games, if you look at them going forward, they've not really created that many chances, um, and you know that. Basically, comes from midfield, but it also comes from the fullbacks. I think that's that's the other point that, that people have been missing in the first three games. That you know, with obviously following Crystal Palace and, and Manchester United, that they played with wide players to stop the two fullbacks getting forward, and it just it just shows you, you know, when you do that to Liverpool, the amount of um, chances they created are, are so much lower because generally those the two the two fullbacks have got the freedom to just go and play and join in as they're like the wide players almost. As wide midfield players, but uh, clubs have now and teams have, have started looking at them seriously and think, well, that you know, if we get there and play with wing backs themselves or wide midfield players, um, it's been a, it's it's been a problem for Liverpool. So um, it remains to be seen what happens going forward. It, this is going to be the most intense season I think potentially ever, given the way the World Cup comes in the middle of it and how long. It's going to soak up in terms of the available fixtures. So it's uh, Newcastle midweek, Everton mm. weekend, then Napoli, and then Wolves over the next um, eleven days or so, maybe twelve yeah. days. Uh, you know, it's mad, isn't it? Well, it, there's no mad. there's no room for mistakes now either. Just with the slow no. start and the way City are going. No, you just you just yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, people are already saying oh, there's no way Liverpool can win the league, but obviously they nearly caught them last year. But it's just. It is win-win and it's, you know, I mean, obviously results are always far more important than performances, but, uh, you know, they've had, obviously with the increased performance at the weekend, hopefully, hopefully that that will be the norm for them. And and I think within the next couple of weeks as well, that, you know, quite a few of the players that have been missing will be back, but not Thiago. So, hence obviously trying to buy somebody else, I think. Um, Is there maybe, maybe we, we... Uh, with with the way that City have started, right? There's kind of this mm. assumption that they're just going to keep winning and and not drop yeah. as many points. But maybe even their squad will be tested by the two games a week, one of which is the Champions League. Yeah. And, and now everybody understanding, okay, we've we've got a little bit of tape on City and a little bit of uh, opportunity to see that there are some weaknesses there. You can score against them at least. Yeah, you can score against them. And what what happens if the De Bruyne fella falls over for a couple of, couple of months? Um, which obviously you never wish injuries on anybody, but he's very much the key to, to that football team and the football club. So, yeah, I mean, listen, we're, what are we? We're only four games in and, you know, teams who started while all the supporters getting a bit carried away, teams who've obviously had a poor start, it's like, oh, we're going to be relegated. And, and look at look at Aston Villa and Steven Gerrard. He got booed off at the weekend. So, um, I think we, we, we live in a world where, you know, you're judged by the last game. Um, you know, people don't look at, you know, like a five fixtures together or anything like that and the difficulty of the teams that you play against. It's just that game. And you know what it's like. If, you, if, you, if you're a Premier League manager and you lose at the weekend, you're hopeless. And if you win, you're a genius. So somewhere in the middle probably is where we are. 
It is a difficult, you bring up CBG there, it is a difficult period for him at the moment where the end of last season wasn't great and the start of this season hasn't been great. Um, and his next few fixtures also not great. It's Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. And then, them. and then City and then Brendan Rodgers and Leicester. Um, what, what's going wrong for Steven Gerrard, do you think? You know what? I, I really don't honestly know because um, I spoke to Gary McAllister right at the end of last season and I said, you know, would you be doing much business in the transfer? Transfer in the, you know, pre-season kind of thing. He said, yeah, he said, but one of the problems is we need to get a few out as well. But he certainly, you know, he's brought enough players and brought them in. I don't, I saw them against Everton um, and they played with the two up front um, and obviously they beat Everton. I don't know what it is about them. I'm not convinced about them um, defensively. Obviously, they left Mings out uh, at one stage and then the next time he was back in, I think the next game. And I don't know... It's almost like they're looking at. They were looking at him, thinking, "Well, is he the problem?" And then all of a sudden, he's picked to play in the next game. So it would suggest to me that whoever came in for him, they didn't think was as good as as Means himself. So I think the other thing as well, they just just look at them defensively, and I think you can get at them, um, and and that's a worry. And if you're playing with two up front, which is very few teams do so, then you're getting a little bit outnumbered in midfield, and I think maybe that might be one of their issues. With the way that the Premier League is at the moment, he doesn't really have a long time. You know, the, the stats doing the rounds about Gary Neville's time at Valencia, that comparison has now made it all the way to talk <laughs> yeah. sports. Like, it, it, the chatter becomes almost unstoppable at some point. Yeah, but but the chief exec um, was at Liverpool, wasn't he? Christian Perslow. Yeah. yeah, Christian Perslow. Um he was at Liverpool with Stephen, so I think I think that makes it a little bit easier. And are they? Am I right in thinking that the are they still owned by Chinese by the Chinese Aston Villa? Is that right? Two Americans, two two. Oh, two Americans. Yeah. Two. Okay. Which you but you never you never hear you never hear of them. Well, they are. I mean, Dodo he doesn't even know that the two Americans own them. So it would suggest to me that you know they're like very much listen to what Christian Perslow has to say. So. I think from Stephen's point of view, that's that's a, that's a definite bonus, certainly. Okay. Um, uh, the other uh, former Liverpool manager, Brendan Rodgers, he, their start of the season has been completely overshadowed by the fact that they haven't signed anybody. They're again the, mm-hmm. that the only team in in the Western civilization who hasn't signed anybody at this point. Yeah. Um, and it looks like Fafana is going to go again at the very last minute, so they'll have to struggle to get somebody in to replace him. It looks like Tielemans might go. He's he's certainly available and his contract is running down and there's still chatter yeah. around James Madison too. Under those circumstances, it's very difficult for him to get the change room together and say, come on, let's, let's do this. We're all in this together because at the moment, they're not. Well, well, the other thing is, is well, players, players are, are, you know, very, they look at it and think, you know, though, we're selling all our best players. What's happening? I mean, the, you know, when, when when you look at them, they've obviously they've got this unbelievable training ground with a golf course, which has cost them, I don't know, 80, 90 million or whatever. So it's all of a sudden we don't hear from the owner, hear absolutely nothing. And then they're selling all the better players. And you're kind of thinking, you know, what on earth has gone on and what's happened? In fairness to, to Brendan Rodgers, he's, you know, after every game, he, he stands up and has his say and everything, but I think I think underneath he must be absolutely seething because all his all his best players are going and he can't buy anyone. So you know because we don't actually know the internal 
workings of, of Leicester City, we're all sort of saying, well, do they need money? You know, um, do they, is it the case of the owners are thinking, well, yeah, we, we, we've had it great, we won the league, etc., but, you know, it's costing us so much money, we don't really want to be involved with it, we need to cut our losses. And that's that's the only way you can look at it because, you know, yes, you can sell players, obviously. You know, even the very top clubs lose lose top players. So, unless they're obviously lost and are losing and about to lose some top players, but, you know, you know, you still got to get people in. Otherwise, you're only you're not going you're not going north, are you? You're going south. Um, so it's a real tough period for him. And and in, and in fairness, I wouldn't I would never have been the biggest Brendan Rodgers fan, to be honest with you. But I actually feel loads of sympathy for him because he's trying to manage with his hands tied behind his back. I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat that uh, there's a grudging admiration for the job that he's done at Leicester under the circumstances. Yeah, no, he's doing a good job. There's, there's no arguments about that whatsoever. But all of a sudden, how can he do a good job when they're taking his best players away from him? And I mean, I, I wouldn't mind betting they've had one or two phone calls coming in to, to, to take, obviously, you know, the, the best player, the goal scorer, because, you know, loads of teams would love to take him regardless of, of the ace that he's at. Um, and that would be the end for Leicester, to be honest with you. Like it does feel it's that sort of structure around the club and in terms of not being able to sign players, which is going to insulate Brendan Rodgers somewhat from uh, Leicester's poor season, which is probably imminent at this point. Mm. Do you think he really regrets now not maybe taking a, a bigger job last year if there was one on the table? I'm, I'm not sure that did, did, uh, Chelsea or Manchester United, if, if those links were, were ever really close to happening, but it did feel that no. if, there, if there was ever an offer that uh, Rodgers felt he was probably in, in a good project at Leicester and may have stayed anyway. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think he had any chance of going to the, the the two clubs that you mentioned most definitely. But the great thing for him was that you know he was in total control at Leicester in terms of of the playing side, absolutely everything about it, and was probably you know in the off season with just says probably looking at all sorts of players to to to, to bolster and, and boost the squad, probably defensively as much as anything, and it's. You know, they let, they let Michael go. I know he. I think he had a year left on his on his contract and everything. But that's that's a strange one because he he you know alongside Vardy, he was arguably one of their best players, if not the best player. So you're weakening the team straight away, and all of all with losing all the players, especially by the time the window finishes, you, you seriously weaken the team. Um, where he's been fortunate, I think, is that you know that. The locals or the regular punters who go on to watch Leicester are saying, "Well, he's got his hands tied behind his back. So, so what on earth can he do?" One last question for you, David Moyes. Obviously, um, had a tricky start to the season, and they're they're very active in the transfer window now. Over the last twenty four hours or so, it looks like they're going to spend fifty million on a player. After the mm-hmm. game against Villa, Declan Rice was just saying, "Pure relief." At this point, we understand that this team is better, that the expectations are much higher. So, uh, like that, he needed a win and they need to kind of use the win against Villa to bounce into the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't, you know, um, I exchanged texts with him the other day, but he was, he's, you know, he, he, he wasn't actually worried insofar as, you know, he'd have lost a couple of games. He, he was just saying, look, you know, we're getting so many players in and so many bodies, which is what he asked. Um, the two owners to do and they've done that for him and I would expect them to kick on now and um, by the time he gets everybody in um, I think they'll you know, definitely be, be challenging for top six so as I say it's like anything you, you don't win a game in, in three games and, and you're, you're an absolute you know, buffoon for want of a better description but 
he, he's not particularly bothered about that because he's now got everybody that he wants at the club. Um, you know, all singing off the same hymn sheet, Lardy Laro, those kind of stuff as well. And, and, he, and you know, um, whenever I speak to him, he just always says to me, he said, the owners are great with him, absolutely great with him. He said, they're dead straight um, and they want top players, etc. Um, and they know they know what they want to do. And I mean, also as well, I think, I think eventually, and this is only my thoughts, I think um, they'll, they'll look to sell the two owners. Um, and who, know, who knows who will come in? You might get another billionaire, another American billionaire coming in. So happy days. Yeah, definitely interesting times around that place and the, the value mm. of the stadium and getting that stadium full week in, week out is... Um, well, is yeah, and, and that, that deal that they did for the stadium, when you look at it now, was absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, and everybody criticised it. Uh, but they, 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 did, they did, I think that was Cameron Brady who sort of got that over the line. And that, that was a great piece of business for West Ham. Yeah, it has certainly set them up to um, keep their best players mm. for sure. Mm. Mark, great to have you with us. Thanks a million. Cheers. No worries. Thank you. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.